have a seat. Class is in session. Hello and welcome to Marvel Schools for Dummies, Episode 6. Today's class topic is The Avengers. I am joined, as always, by my co-professor... Jordan Deeb. And our lovely student... Victoria Lyman. All right, and before we jump into the movie, uh, I'm going to get a little serious for a second. About six months ago, maybe a year ago, Ray Fisher came out uh, condemning Joss Whedon, the director of The Avengers, for his behavior on set of The Justice League, which he had taken over after Zack Snyder left, a investigation into racism and other misconduct on set was launched by WB. And recently this weekend, um, an actress from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Charisma Carpenter, came out discussing the abuse that her and her fellow actors on the set of Buffy faced. Since then, Michelle Trackenberg has also come out and said that Joss Whedon was not allowed to be on, alone on set with her. Joss Whedon has a long history of um, pretending to be a feminist to hide his very sexist behaviors from the rest of the world. And we just wanted to put out really quick, uh, we don't support him or anything that he does. Uh, it's very unfortunate that his name is tied to some amazing titles like the Marvel, the Avengers, and Avengers Age of Ultron, and shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We stand with all survivors and support anybody coming out to talk about the abuse that goes on in Hollywood, because there really does need to be a change. Um, but, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy a movie about some people kicking some robot butt, and my sweet yeah. bean baby Loki. And I just want to clarify that, like, if at any point we compliment uh whedon's directing or writing we're not complimenting him if we say we enjoy the way they did this or wrote this it's just we liked how the movie came out yes. we are not sending him our praise yes um so without further ado let's jump right in as i said we are discussing the avengers written and directed by joss whedon based on a story by zach penn and joss whedon it released in april 2012 or may 2012 sorry its premiere was in april it released to the general public in may 2012 uh it is the first big title the big coming together of the mcu and phase one and uh victoria what are your your first opinions before we jump into plot synopsis or questions what was your what was your opinion Okay, first of all, I need to I need to start this by saying I remember when this movie came out in 2012 and wanting to see it and I cannot imagine me at what like 16 or 15 not knowing anything about any of the other Marvel superheroes and just seeing this movie, I would have been so confused. Yeah. Little baby me. Yeah, no. Just... I want to echo that because like it's so funny how far along we've come. We're like at the time, just seeing the four superheroes we had seen on screen together. It was like, what? They made this happen? And now it's like, if one of them doesn't show up in the other, you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And like, what you say makes, like, it's true because like, I went to see this movie with three friends, one who had only just kind of stumbled upon some of the first phase of the MCU, one who was kind of involved, but not as much as me. And then one who had seen none of it was just like, this seems cool. And, like, they were just excited to come watch action and see this, I guess, collaboration of just a studio that did this. It was a big deal at the time. Yeah, that that was the thing. It was like, yeah, it, it never happened before, and there was so much buzz around it. And I think that was why I did want to see it. I never ended up seeing it. But I think, 
like, it's just funny to think about. I'm like, I would be a different person today if I had seen that movie then. Oh, God. Can you imagine? <laughs> All right. Um, but yeah, overall, I don't know. I really, really liked this one. Um, I think so far, other than Captain Marvel, this is like my favorite of all of them that I've watched. Yeah, I mean, um, I love this movie. I think it has some major flaws in in storytelling. I'm breaking things? Dope. I think it has some major (laughs) flaws in storytelling, but as a whole, it's a great movie. I I like to rewatch it. It's fun. It makes me feel good. It's, you know... Just, I love it. It's, it's, it's got its issues, but I, I do greatly enjoy it. And I love seeing all my sweet babies. Also, this is the first movie that introduces Mark Ruffalo. So it's got a special place in my heart because I would do anything for that man. Oh, I was so excited when he showed up. Protect that man at all costs. (laughs) He's He's so great. Oh God, I love him. I love him. I can't wait for you to get to Thor Ragnarok when he really gets to like sink his teeth into something that's not a group movie. Oh, I can't wait. Can't wait. He's great. Um, all right. So Jordan, what's your just quick initial your initial inputs on these these films, your feelings? I mean, I this film I think has aged very well where it's like, oh, like most of this stuff basically stays the same there's not like some huge thing that comes up in this movie that is a change to retconned in another like it it works it's aged well it's it still has great uh action scenes like from a comic book perspective not from an actual action film perspective Mm -hmm. but just i think it's aged very well i think that it's fun and enjoyable and it's like one of the it's probably the most lighthearted of the group movies so that's always a good thing. Yeah, it's definitely the most lighthearted of the group movies because they only get sad from here. Great. Well, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies aren't aren't super sad. But Avengers Ultron has its moments of sad and Infinity War and Endgame are, are just all sad. very sad movies. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till we get to Age of Ultron. We're going to have to keep our fucking mouths shut, though. No, no, I know. Like... Avengers Age of Ultron is now going to be a difficult episode, but uh, we're going to have to make a list of things we can't talk about. I'm actually going to probably rewatch it tonight to start to make a list of shit that we can't tell Victoria because we'll spoil major things now. Good. Oh, yeah. you mean like things that came out after Ultron? Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Um, yeah, because now, now, like, now I feel like I'm getting to the point where, like, I'm, like, fully invested and I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah, yeah you fucking are. <laughs> and and like, we're getting into that territory. I mean, you have some spoilers later on down the road already because you've just seen the Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, homecoming yeah, I think you have, like, the biggest spoiler that there is in the MCU. Oh, well. But, like, okay. we're not going to ruin anything else. What's the but biggest spoiler also... in the MCU? We, we just said she's seen Far From Home. Oh, that, like, Tony. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Tony and, like, the okay. snap and, um... Okay, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, what I was the talking about is that, like, she knows eventually Cap becomes, like, a war villain and all that crap because they talk about it in Homecoming is all I meant. I forgot about that part. Oh, yeah. Anyways. Um... Some of that stuff, though, I feel like was unavoidable, even if you weren't a Marvel fan at all. Like, it was just all over social media. 
Oh yeah, no, like the two, three weeks after Endgame came out, like you didn't like if you didn't know the context, you didn't know why this was a spoiler, but like a meme of things just turning into dust was a thing. Yeah. 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 All right. So we open with uh our lovely, lovely Nick Fury, my sweet bean, um, arriving at the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico, during the evacuation. Um, we find out that they have been studying the Tesseract, um, and it has been activated. It opens a portal through space, and in pops my other sweet, sweet bean in a trench coat, Loki. Um, he steps through carrying his spear with the golden uh, glowing blue tip. Um, he takes the Tesseract and the, uses the spear to take control of a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. people, including uh, Dr. Eric Selvig from Thor and Clint Barton, Hawkeye. This is the first real introduction we get of him to aid him in his getaway. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. personnel, you know, pull out of the base and the base disappears. <laughs> uh, the Tesseract sucks it inside and it goes bye bye. Um, yep. They try to chase Loki. They don't capture him. And while I'm doing this, Victoria, just feel free to hop in with questions wherever. wherever. Um, yeah, I just, I, it, they, they just kind of become minions, right? Yeah, that's basically they're under complete mind control and will do whatever. Okay. That's why their eyes are blue now. Yeah. Um, in response, Nick Fury um, issues an emergency telling his top agents being Coulson, uh, Black Widow, and Maria Hill that basically they're out of options and they need the Avengers for this. Um, he pulls Romanoff. Uh, we cut <laughs> We cut to Scarlett Johansson tied to a chair in yeah. a short dress and heels. I was like, this is great. In a warehouse with a Russian mobster. Uh, she is being tortured for information. And the phone ring, the mobster's phone rings. He well, is she out- like... She's not giving in at all. She's laughing at this dude. Yeah, I mean, but still, they're hitting her. Yeah, it no, was it's just, just like, it's funny it how like, he's torturing opening. her. She's like, I was the- like, okay. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about how it's filmed. I'm just talking about, like, this guy's trying to crack her. And she's like, is that the best you got? And I love that. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Because she's yeah. a dainty lady. They don't think they really need to use all that much force. Um, no. But, anyways, uh, so... <laughs> Her, the mobster's phone rings. He takes it out of his pocket and answers, hands the phone to Romanoff and goes, it's for you. It is Agent Coulson calling her to um, tell her that Fury is pulling her off of her current assignment. Um, he put, She puts him on hold, beats the shit out of the Russian mobsters, then breaks out of the chair and leaves. Um, she is sent to... Um, find Bruce Banner, who has been living in exile in India. This is the... We didn't watch The Hulk because The Hulk, in The Incredible Hulk is a stupid movie and bad, and I knew Victoria would not like it. Um, <laughs> and no matter where you put it in timeline or uh, chronolo- like chronological or release order, either way, it comes too early where I knew she wouldn't like it. Yeah. Um, That's true. So, before The Hulk was being played by... Edward Norton. Thank you. Yeah. And now he, this is our first uh, viewing of Bruce Banner as the Hulk. He's been living in exile in India, working for a hospital mm-hmm. in Calcutta. Mark Mark Ruffalo. What did I say? You said Bruce Banner. Dope. Mark Ruffalo playing <laughs> Bruce Banner. 
he is in India uh, helping uh, in a, for a ho- working with a hospital in Calcutta. Um, has found his inner peace helping these people. Um, Wait, where is he? In India, in Calcutta. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Romanov tells, um, Romanov shows up, they trick him, they send a little Indian girl to go get him and say, my father is sick. He comes, they go into the room, and Natasha Romanoff is there. It's a very awkward scene where Mark Ruffalo yells at her for no reason. <laughs> Basically, yeah. being like, there are a bunch of guns pointed at me, aren't there? And she's like, no. <laughs> just me, dude. Like, I'm like, just... Stop lying to me. And then suddenly yeah. there's just a bunch of red lights, and he's like... Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, you and your inner world, pe- your inner peace doesn't, you know, only go so far. Um... She informs him about the Tesseract and basically that they need him um, because it gives off gamma rays. He is the world's leading expert on gamma rays. Obviously, that's how he has his powers. Um, And that he's their best chance to find the cube's location. Um, This is also the first and one of the only appearances of the World Security Council that we get. Um, The World Security Council is the superiors who run S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, It's who... They're all on they're all on the screens, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was gonna ask who they were. That it's is like implied that they're like some sort of like I guess I don't want to say the UN, but like they're just some type of like administrative body because people do come from different countries in it. So it's like sure, they're Shields bosses, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was- the people that run Shield. So basically, um, the head of it is Councilwoman Holly. Actually, Holly, don't. There's a character in WandaVision that I keep saying his last name is Holly, and it's not. But this one actually is. <laughs> um, basically, uh, the World Security Council is um, the people behind S.H.I.E.L.D., the people behind S.W.O.R.D., by extension, in theory. Um, the people behind... Um, Project Pegasus from the MCU, like they're they're the conglomerate of world countries that believe in and and trust in the Avengers Initiative and all that kind of stuff that uh, Peggy Carter believed in after the first uh, Captain America movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, we see them a few more times in the movies. Um. You see a lot of them in uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, and a lot of them in uh, Agents of Shield. Um, okay. They are mad at Fury about the Avengers Initiative. They've all disagreed with him um, just because his going to look for people to be a part of the Avengers Initiative led to so much destruction. Because you got Tony, who's Tony. Um, yeah, you've seen yeah. the movies. Yeah. That that was another thing where I was like a little confused, like the timeline of when the they stopped the Avengers initiative. It had never really gotten off the ground. Okay. He had so after Captain Marvel, when he came up with the Avengers initiative, he had started putting out feelers for different heroes. And with Cap, they had always been looking for Cap. Just because, like, 
the ship had gone down with the shield and all this other stuff in it. And so just in general, they were looking for where it went down, where he went down. Um, none of them expected him to be alive, but yeah. you know, um, and, uh, Basically, he's been looking for people ever since. He had Nat. Um, and there hadn't been as big, like a big threat that hadn't already had a person. And there really weren't superheroes between, as far as we know, there really weren't superheroes between Captain Marvel and um, Iron Man 1. He never found anyone, yeah. He never found, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, well, because in, in, in the first Iron Man, I think, he's... He, like, says, like, the Avengers... He talks about the Avengers Initiative. And then he doesn't bring it up again after that. So I assume somewhere in between that movie and... Basically, um, the Incredible Hulk happens, Thor happens, and Iron Man 2 happens. And they're basically like, none of these men can be controlled. This is a bad idea. And all okay. three of those movies take place like within the same week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah, just a lot of like a few times. we're not doing this. But now with the threat of Loki, we're back to let's do this. Um yeah. the World okay. Security Council doesn't want to do it. Uh they think it's the wrong idea that these people will never be able to work together as a team. Um Fury basically is like we don't really have a choice here. We'll figure it out. Um now we cut to Steve Rogers. He's super easy to find because he's Steve Rogers. And, like, they've been keeping tabs yeah. on him since they found him. Like He's, like, three places to go. Yeah. He knows no one, has no idea what's going on in the rest of the world, and is just trying his best. So he's they, easy to find. They also never really have gotten specific about how much time there was between the last scene of Captain America and this scene in The Avengers. And it's heavily implied that they're really close because, like, Cap's still pissed off about the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. I Yeah, I would assume it. They also be. don't tell you where he's staying. Like, if he's got an apartment, if he's living with his shield. He has an apartment. We don't see that to also soldier when he's living in D.C. In New he York, we have no it. idea. He says it. Oh, does he? Yeah. He's, it's oh. like a throwaway line of fury about how, like, he can walk to that gym from his apartment. Oh, he's yeah, He's not yeah, yeah. living on the streets. Well, I didn't <laughs> think that. I mean, he would survive. Who's going to fucking mob him? Mug. Sorry. Um, that's not the only, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and also we do kind of know what time it is because he goes down in the ice in 1945 and they say in Captain America, the first Avenger that he was in the ice for 70 years. So that's 2000. This is almost 70 years. For nearly 70 years. So let's say 65, right? Yeah. Um. Who can do that math? I'm doing it on Google because I don't trust myself. <laughs> 1945 plus 1965 is 2010. Yeah. And this movie takes place in 2012. So, like, it's only been, like, a year or so. Yeah. Yeah. He's holding a grudge. Well, everyone he knows is dead. So. True. True. Um, I, I think, I don't, I don't like angsty cap for most of these movies, but this is the one movie where I'm like, yeah, this is fair. Everyone you know is dead. 
Yeah, like, no. Imagine if you woke up tomorrow way. and it was like 2092. Yeah, like. I think I would kill myself. I absolutely would. <laughs> I would drive a flying car, shoot a laser gun, and then kill myself. Yeah, no, I say that to my parents all the time that, like, if I lost my entire family in, like, one fell swoop, but that is probably the only opportunity. Don't commit. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Not a conversation I should be having. <laughs> anyways. I'm sorry. I, that, that was inappropriate. We will unalive ourselves. Um. Anyways, uh, so Steve is at the gym. This is the post credit scene from Captain America, the first Avengers. He's in, it's an extended version of it, but he's in the gym. Um, Nick Fury comes out and is like, hey, this is a problem. Yeah, also, I'm looking at the plot synopsis now. Fury also says that he sent stuff to Steve's apartment. So, like, he's living in New York. Okay. I mean, I figured he was around the area. Just, like, they, I never picked up on the throwaway lines. Yeah. I didn't either. Um... We cut, so, you know, Fury's like, hey, I need you. Come on. Um, We cut to Tony. Tony has his new Iron Man suit that has underwater capabilities. He's uh, installing. Which, like, what the heck? It's like a diving suit now? You will see that Tony, like, basically not only keeps advancing his suit, but every time he runs into an issue, he finds a way to fix that in the next iteration of his suits. And, like, I'll go into a whole thing after we've seen a few more of them about how cool it is. Basically, after Iron Man 3, we'll have a whole fucking conversation about Tony's suits. Um, Because that's the big movie that you see a lot of the development of the different suits. Anyways, um... Go ahead. It took me by surprise. Yeah. So he's um, underwater installing a new electrical connection that will take his office building, um, Stark Tower, completely off the electrical grid, making it self-sustaining. He flies back to Stark Tower. Pepper's like, yo, it's date night. Let's go. Um, I love the thing he has that takes the suit off for him. Like, It's cool, yeah. 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 He cancels date night because uh, Coulson comes in. And, and this leads to one of my favorite lines in the whole MCU. Go ahead. He comes in. He introduces himself. Pepper says, hey, Phil. And Tony goes, um, his first name is Agent. His first name is Agent. I love that line. Um, Coulson hands Tony a laptop with basically all the information. Um Pepper's like, okay, dope. I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. You have to do this, clearly. Um, I'm going to go to D.C. to get some zoning permits for some stuff for Stark Towers. Um, and and they get when they get in the elevator, she starts asking him about his date. And the pianist uh, that he's dating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, it's just like, it's just I don't like, know. How many times did Coulson show up that Tony wasn't there and then Pepper was just being... Getting to know him. Well, I feel like it's also Pepper's polite. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's definitely what it is. That's what I mean. Um, Tony's just kind of rude sometimes, you know. Yeah. Can we get that on Disney Plus? Can we just get like mini episodes of Pepper and Coles's friendship? Oh, that would be cute. Though, do we need to employ Gwyneth Paltrow anymore? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't buy vagina candles, people. No. 
Don't buy jade eggs either. They're not, you don't need to use them. Kegel exercises are important, but the jade eggs cause a big risk. Like, just don't do research. Don't fall into those holes. Um, so now we are on a um, aircraft carrier flying to a unknown secure location. Um, we find out later we find out later that it's a flying we're on an we're on a plane going to a flying aircraft carrier well isn't it just a boat when we first land on it yes and then it goes up because that's something we have in the real world um colson (laughs) this is my favorite scene with colson is colson getting all nerdy about his uh captain america trading cards and like how hard he worked to find all of them Honestly, me, like if superheroes were real and I met one, it wouldn't be a weird culty thing. It would be like, oh my God. Yeah. I think about so many times about how weird life would be if superheroes were real. No. I honestly, this is a conversation for another time, but think what happens in the boys is just what would happen. I know neither of you watch it, and Victoria, you would not like it, but... I know enough about it. It's a very nihilistic approach to if superheroes were real. But it's kind of true. Like, they would be privatized, and there would be a whole debate on whether or not they should be in the military or not. There would be a whole debate about about other countries trying to mimic what they have. There would be weird cults. They would get away with fucking everything. Um, There would be ones that are Bible thumpers and ones that, you know... Um, you know, it's, it's very, you watch and you're like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is what it would be. Like, kind of why it's good that superheroes don't exist. Um, there's a whole debate within Marvel and DC that, uh, superhero, it's why Gotham City exists is because the guy who wrote Batman knew writing Batman was dangerous if he said it in New York because some idiot in New York was going to dress up like a bat and go around murdering people. Yeah. And there still are people in New York who dress up like a bat and they charge you $5 to take a picture with them in Times Square. Well, they can't <laughs> require you to pay anymore. Okay, well. Well, you were never required to pay in the first part. They're just pushy. Yeah. Because um, it's illegal for them to make you pay. <laughs> um. Also, stay away from those people if you're in the city. A lot of them use you getting close as an opportunity to rob you or stab you or many other things. Um, the guy who stands in Times Square with the free hug sign has been arrested four times for assault. So, you know. Okay, great. Um, trust me, there are other better things to get a picture with in New York City. That, Find that the real true. Batman and Spider-Man. They're there somewhere if you look hard enough. Anyways... Um, wait, wait, wait. That tweet the other day that said, uh, I got robbed in New York City and I started yelling for Spider Man. Good lord. Um, it's like, honestly, me. So, uh, Steve is introduced to Bruce. Um, they find out that Dr. Selvig and Loki are in Germany. Um, I hate this scene coming up. This is my least favorite scene in the MCU. Um, They uh, send Steve to Germany to arrest Loki and bring him back to the helicarrier. Loki is at this black tie uh, 
gala at an arts museum because he needs to kidnap a doctor who harbors the has the element that they need to make the tesseract work okay i need to address something that happens right before this yes steve steve gives nick fury a ten dollar bill and just what what is happening because earlier in the movie, Steve says something about, like, how... Like, he'd never seen an aircraft carrier before. A guy's from the 40s. And he's like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't know, like, we had the tech to do this. Which is, like, we've had aircraft carriers for a while now. And then I think uh, Fury says something like, uh, 10 bucks, I'll impress you more later. Or, yeah, Learn. He's not impressed by the aircraft carrier they had those in world war ii it's the fact that it can fly but that's when he gives him the 10 yeah but he's not impressed that they have an aircraft carrier to be i forget what an aircraft carrier that can fly but that's not where the bet starts that's where he gives him the 10 so i don't know what the first thing is that impressed him that fury went like "Mm, 10 bucks says you'll be more impressed later by like modern tech again i don't remember what part that is and then it I mean, it flying. could be when Steve thinks it's a submarine and tells Fury that it's a bad idea to have the Hulk on a submarine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It might be that part. I missed the line. I just all of a sudden saw a $10 bill pulled out and I was like, what it's is just, happening? People extort Steve for not knowing what's going on. <laughs> Good. Which feels you know, mean. It, it feels is a mean. little mean. But you know oh, what? Oh, I found it. It's when they're at the gym. Nick Fury goes, he's called Loki. He's not from around here. There's a lot to have. we have to bring you up to speed on. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. Steve goes, at this point, I doubt anything will surprise me. And then Fury goes, 10 bucks says you're wrong. Yeah. And it's oh. not until the helicarrier starts flying. He's like, all right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, Dr. Selvig is creating a distraction. Hawkeye starts killing the guards. Um Loki goes inside, uh, finds the doctor he needs, forces him on a dais, and takes his eye out, which, uh... What? Go ahead. What is this event? It's just, like, a black tie gala at an art museum, so it's most likely that, like, some rich person's collection just got donated, or, um, Germany has a lot of endowments for the arts that legitimately, don't quote me on this, but to my knowledge, come out of the whole thing with Hitler. They have a lot of endowments for the arts, so, like, if you go to school for art, you can um, get grants to work with, like, their national galleries um, to create pieces that go on display. And then they bring in a bunch of rich people and serve them a ton of food and, like, string quartets play. It's, like, a whole thing. Good. Um, We have them here. In theory, that's what the Met Gala is, is it's a fundraiser for the museum. Yeah, I think I knew that. But they just make it so ridiculous that people yeah. forget what it's for. Um, hey, that's when Jason Derulo fell down the stairs, right? That's like what it's known for? Jason Derulo that, fell that, down the stairs. Was that the Met Gala? No, it wasn't. Jason Derulo. We're I so mean, off track. A bunch of people <laughs> fell down the stairs at the Met Gala, but... I don't know if that was... It was the Emmys. What? No, okay, no, sorry. Oh, okay. It's a picture of a film festival, and it's apparently not actually Jason Derulo. No. People just say that it is because it looks like it is. And I really thought that Jason Derulo fell down the stairs at one point, and everybody caught on camera. No. who? Somebody did fall down the stairs at the Met last year. 
and it the, it does look like though it comes up like every time there's an event and that's the like, new meme Jason Derulo fell down the stairs at the Emmys, at the Golden Globes, at the Met Gala. I saw it like, oh, at the election, at the inauguration. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, pops out the guy's eye, which I would have given the fucking world to not see. Is that the part that's your least favorite scene? I hate it. I don't like eye stuff. Eyes and I didn't fingers. Watch it. That's what gets me. Eyes and fingers. Stranger Things sure. season four yeah. has so much stuff with three. people almost three has so much stuff with people almost losing fingers, and I don't know why that freaks me out so much, but it really freaks me out. They warned about the gore for that season, but they did not warn me enough for the finger. See, cutting. that's the thing because like the gore didn't bother me. It's just the like threatening to cut off somebody's finger or take somebody's eye really freaks me out for some reason. Any, like, removal of body parts is... I also don't like things going in skin or, like, in... Like, I don't like needles going in things. The visual of that really freaks me out. No, yeah, same. Um, But, yeah, because, like, when I get blood drawn, I can't watch. Not because blood freaks me out, but just, like, the needle going through is, like... Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um... So then Loki comes out and we come to the first scene that really, really bothers me in this movie. Um, he makes everyone kneel. Yeah, that was weird. And they just decide that Loki is Hitler. It's like this really weird thing where it's like Tony earlier or later in the movie just says, oh, Loki just wants to be praised and all that. And it's like that part I get, but the analogy where like they have him go to Germany, like I am the whole He's analogy. He's literally feel- Germany in Germany and they make a World War II veteran stand up yeah. and be like, I refuse to kneel. There are always men like you. And then Steve comes in, like comparing him to Hitler just seems like a it's, lot. It's, it's a little bit too much of an exaggeration. And it's also like it wasn't subtle. No. Like, like, in The Lion King, with Scar and the Hyenas, it was like, okay, that's subtle enough, but it's like, this is like, how much can you bop us over the head with this? However, I will admit, I like the line, there will always be men like you. Because you're- I- Never mind. No, Boy. I loved that line. I loved it. I really did. It's lazy. Me and, it's easy. Me and, you, me and you were talking about that line, like, three months ago. In the context- I don't like it in the context of the movie. Oh, in the context I of the agree. movie. I like it as a line. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it in the context of the movie. I think as a line, it's cute, but like in the context of the film, it just seems unnecessary. Because yeah. like Loki's kind of right when he says to a group of humans, "There are no men like me." This man is a god who can shape shift and do all sorts of other fucked up things. He, there really is no one else on Earth at this moment like him. Um. Because comparing him to Steve also isn't fair, which is another thing that comes right up when Steve comes in that I don't like. Um, I don't think those two are evenly matched if it really came down to it. Uh, because Loki one can, has to can fight with their brains, him, one has to fight with their disappear. Loki can just disappear. <laughs> like yeah, that was that was my thing. Is I feel I feel like Loki's very mismatched against almost everyone in the Avengers. That's the point is that like, and this is where I don't like this scene. You spend this entire time setting up that one single Avenger couldn't take Loki down and that your only option is all six that like, 
Okay, but why are we sending Steve alone then? Yeah. Also, Steve doesn't know Hawkeye at this point, has never met him. Hawkeye's under mind control, and Steve can't stop an arrow. He's not Spider-Man. Like, he doesn't have spider senses. Yeah. So, like, if somebody just does- and his costume has so many gaps in this movie. There are so many soft spots in this movie that I'm like, this man's gonna die. This man is going to die. His costume in this movie- is not a good costume, which is kind of the point of this one, which is why I like is fully exposed. Nobody went, hey, we gotta give him something to cover his neck. Yeah. Because do you know why cowls like that exist? Your neck is vital to life. You got two main arteries right here that if you got shot through the neck, you're done. And this movie's like, nah, we don't need to protect this man's neck. He fine. Um... I'm just saying, I feel like they could have sent Nat with him, is my point. They could have sent literally anyone with him. Yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, the killing shot, Steve drops in. And I will say, Steve dropping in is a dope scene. It's really cool the way he comes in and stops the shot with the shield. Um, they go on to confront the god. They battle. We get to my favorite scene in this movie, which is Tony flying into the tune of ACDC shoot to kill. <laughs> Oh my god. I was like, what is happening? Like, he is ready. (laughs) This is his moment. And I greatly enjoy it. He really thinks very highly of himself. It's just like, this is the vibe I would have as a superhero. It's like, my suit could play music. Yeah, I fucking roll in with, like, a playlist bopping. I remember reading this article once, like, years ago, where they were like, there was a rumor that in um, the second Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie, they were going to make it so he has an MP3 player in his costume. And then a bunch of people were like, this is why DC is better. Marvel's always trying to make you laugh. I'm like, he's a fucking teenager. Like, that works perfectly. Those movies are bad, though. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, if that had happened, I'd be like, that fits. No, it's why I feel like it fits even with the adults. Because, like, I like in the X-Men movies that Evan Peters listens to music. Because, like fighters listen to music while they're training like it's not outside the realm of possibility with humans that they're like hey if i'm gonna be doing this i might as well be bopping to music you know yeah like get amped um anyways um loki surrenders um they get a plane thing that they go up in with thor or not with thor with uh loki and uh it starts thundering Cap turns and looks at Loki and goes, what, you afraid of a little thunder? And Loki goes, I'm not too fond of what follows. The door busts open, Thor grabs Loki and dips. And the other two are just like, okay. Which is like, if you take out of your mind that you're not supposed to know who Thor is, hilarious and also very scary at the same time, that just this flying blonde man went, he's mine and left. Bye. It's also, when you know who Thor is, um, very funny, because it's, like, a very sibling thing. Of, like, yeah. the way you'll be, like, get the fuck out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, yeah, they're, they're like, brother-sibling relationship is very, it's very, very interesting. Um, and prominent in this movie. It gets so much better. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, they, he dips, they go, um, they follow him, Cap and Tony, um, and now they're in the woods, 
they like hit each other and they're in the woods now. Um, and we get a great scene where Loki disappears because that's within his powers. Um, and Steve and Tony drop in, they fight. We get some great witty banter between Chris Hemsworth and, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, what is it? This, this whole part with the two of them, I just watching this, I was like, this is what they mean when they say boys will be boys. It's just the, the two of worst. them trying to headbutt each other. Doth mother knoweth you weareth her drapes. Oh my god. And like the Love fucking, that line. um, don't touch my hammer. Don't take my stuff. And it's like, yeah, ch- literal the whole, children. The whole thing. Literal I was like, children. This is, boys will be boys. Yeah. Um, so the, the fight ends like in a stalemate, basically. Um, which I feel like if Thor was fighting to kill would not be the situation, but you know, he thinks earthlings are cute and precious and must be protective, protected. So he's not really fighting to kill. Yeah. Um, so, uh, they get Loki into the helicarrier. Um, he's put in this big glass cell that's meant to hold the Hulk. Um, Fury explains to him that if he does anything, uh, the shaft underneath will drop and the cell will drop out and he'll plummet to earth. Uh, we now have the Avengers squad fully assembled. We have Clint Barton back. He is being de-brainwashed, basically, I guess. I don't know. Being brought out of his hypnosis. Um, they are briefed by Fury um, about what could happen next. Agent Romanoff is sent to interrogate Loki in his prison. Um, yes. Question. Yes. Um, I feel like we maybe discussed it when, uh, Natasha first showed up and I just don't remember, but like, what, like, what are her powers even? She has no powers, she's just a spy. Okay. Um, so she was trained, they go into it a little bit in this movie, but more so in, um, Ultron, she is a Black Widow, which she's not the only Black Widow. The Black Widows are a elite spy, female spy organization run out of Russia, out of a place called the Red Room, where they're basically um, kidnapped to um, be spies. And the training goes with the idea that um, they're brainwashed to believe that they're not there, like if they were ever to defect they're brainwashed to believe that they um, weren't being trained to be a Black Widow. They were being trained at the Bolshoi Ballet Company, which is the biggest ballet company in Russia and is the best ballet company in the world. Um, They only take the best of the best, and it's fucking crazy. Um, And you live there, you eat, sleep, and breathe ballet. That's all you do. Uh, When in reality, she was really being trained to be a super spy, and she ends up defecting. We still don't know why. That's part of the plot of Black Widow which at this point we're just never going to see. <laughs> um, I want but... it so bad. It's so fucked up because we all were asking for that movie for so long um, yeah. for it to get delayed. But anyways. Uh, yeah. COVID's so sexist. Yeah. So um, yeah, she's just a super spy. She's super good with weapons. She's super good with hand-to-hand combat. Um, I, intelligent. I could 
Yeah, I kind of was like, I feel like she doesn't have anything. And no, I guess she I was right. <laughs> her and Clint don't have any actual powers. That was another thing I was going to ask. I was and like, has no powers. He's just. Thing, go ahead. He just he just throws arrows. He's an amazing sharpshooter, and they don't go into this enough in the movies, but in the comics, he has arrows for every situation. He has arrows that explode, arrows that release nets arrows that release smoke bombs like he's got all these different arrows in the movies we only really see his main arrows and the ones that set off bombs i i feel like the flashy ones yeah i feel like he's not i don't know he doesn't seem that useful he's dope as fuck in the comics um i will say this this is widely accepted uh clint burn in the mcu is is trash like it's the worst written character in the mcu um they don't bring in anything. Clint was one of the first disabled superheroes, and they just completely ignore it and eliminated that from his character. He's deaf in the comics and wears cochlear cochlear implants, and like all the Avengers learn sign language so that they can talk to him. Um, certain Avengers have designs on their masks where their mouth is showing, so that if they don't know sign, Clint can always read their lips if something happens to his cochleas. So. Um, Clint is just handled incredibly poorly in these movies and and done really dirty. Um, and I mean, Jeremy Renner's weird anyway. And so Jeremy Renner's a dick, really... so... Which we didn't really know that much in 2012, but... So now I think they're just kind of... No, gonna... we knew in 2012 that interview with him and Chris Evans is from this Avengers movie's press oh, release. that was an Age of Ultron. Got it. Uh, no, when they call her a tricycle, I'm 99% sure it's this movie. Either way, he's a garbage human being. Um, he's he's hot, but he's not hot in the sense that is he though? Is he? I don't know. He's like weirdly hot. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> like I would, I don't know how to explain this. It doesn't make sense. Like looking at him, I'm like no, but like there's nothing just, about him that I'm like he's hot. I think it's just his body, his arms. I don't think I found any men in the Avengers movie in the MCU hot until Thor's hair gets cut off. He Jeremy Renner kind of looks like if you like ever left your hometown. No, kind of more like like he has the features of a man who should be hot but isn't. It's kind of like yes. Because like I'm it, it kind of just looks like if Jason Sudeikis got really buff. I'm just saying, he <laughs> looks like a very toned like, Jason Sudeikis. I wish Jason yeah, Sudeikis a little played bit. Clint. Jason Sudeikis actually would be a really good Clint Barton. He would be. Because the other thing is too is Clint is supposed to be funny. Like he's funny yeah. and sarcastic, and he drinks coffee out of the pot, and, and his golden like, retriever is like the most important thing to him on the planet. And, and like, that's why I'm very confused by the casting of Jeremy Renner in this. Like, it just doesn't make was sense. Was he even in before this? Um, I think he was in Mission Impossible movies already at this point. And he was in... Um, the Hurt Locker had already come out at this point. Dahmer had already come out at this point. 28 Weeks Later, The Town. Um, SWAT, The Town, 28 Weeks Later, The Hurt Locker, Neo Ned... I think the Born Legacy movie that he's in might have already been out. Um, and then after this, his career just became um, 
Marvel. No, just became action movies because he's been ah. fucked out of shit that isn't Marvel. Yeah, Ghost Protocol was already out, so he was already in Mission Impossible by this point. Um, he 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 plays in in two thousand two. He played uh, Jeffrey Dahmer in a movie about Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> that movie could have been worse. It's not great though. Um, I just. I just find it funny. Yeah, and since then he was in, you know, um, The Born Legacy, The Immigrant, American Hustle, Kill the Messenger, Rogue Nation, um, Arrival, The House, Tag. Um, I have to see Tag still. That's a different movie than what you're saying. No, Tag is the one with um, Ed Helms. Oh. He plays one of the guys. Where they play, like, this insane Yes, game. yes, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, it's she watched cute. it. Yeah, Jeremy Renner is one of the main characters. Oh, movie. my God, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Um, stop. Hollywood, stop casting him. <laughs> well, I mean, to be, to be fair... Marvel did a lot of work to make the problematic shit he said on the press circuit of Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron disappear. He's just weird, though. Like, in general. No, like, he's a weird guy. The Jer- remember the Jeremy Renner app? The Jeremy Renner Okay, I'm stopping this. I'm stopping this. We've been recording already for an hour and aren't even through the first hour of the film. Um, Stop. <laughs> We can talk about that later. Um, so yeah, we um, do not be googling the Jeremy Renner app, <laughs> Jordan. Oh no, I'm not. What are you googling? Nothing. What did you I'm, just like? App is dead. Oh no, I just have the script for the Avengers up here oh. in case I need to quote lines again. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so we're on the air, the aircraft carrier. Um, they go to inter- interrogate Loki. Um, Tony shows up, and the only person Tony gets along with is Bruce. Their friendship is my favorite. Uh, also, yeah. is it a friendship or is it a friendship only from Tony's side? I think it's a friendship from both, just because he's the only one that doesn't treat Banner like he's about to break. Yeah. Everybody else is like, sweet baby bitter, must be protected, no one can make him angry, no one speak to him, don't even look at him. And Tony kind of just tries to, Tony jokingly pretends he's poking the bear. Mm -hmm. And it confuses Bruce, which is also my favorite part of this, is Bruce is just kind of like, okay, cool, dude. Oh, also, Victoria, this is a very well-known fun fact. All the food that Robert, that uh, Tony Stark is eating in this movie is just because Robert Downey Jr. would just hide snacks in random places on set and start eating them. So he just made it part of the character. And that's why when he says blueberry and offers Bruce blueberries, like. Um, it's off. Anyways, um, so while they're conducting experiments on the scepter, Tony's trying to get a rise out of, um. Bruce to see his, as he calls it, famous party trick, which is a really dumb way to say turn into a giant green monster. I also want to point something out. Yes. And that I didn't realize till like my second or third viewing of this movie. I did not realize that the mind stone was in Loki's scepter and that's what kind of influenced everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know Wait. why I never realized it, because they don't- they also never explicitly say it. Yeah, but, like, you couldn't- You cut, you cut off like, there, Victoria. there were enough context clues. Oh, there were enough context clues there. You couldn't figure that out? I mean, I, I just kind of thought that, oh, his staff has the power to control people with magic. And it wasn't until I was, like, re-watching it a few times. Because after I'd seen Age of Ultron, I was like, oh, why are they all getting angry at each other? And then it zooms in at the scepter. And I was like, boom. Jordan can be a little slow sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie, yeah. So uh, Banner begins talking about how he was never able to fully harness his abilities and he su suffered a pretty severe depression after the accident. Um, he talks about uh, trying to swallow a bullet and that the other guy spit it out. Um, which it's is an actual deleted scene. Yeah. It was a good choice that they deleted that. Um, that's dark as fuck. Um but yeah and it also teased captain america because when the ice breaks you can kind of see the shield yeah well um and that's why he moved to calcutta and he's found meaning in helping people that don't have access to the kind of medical care we have here um so all the avengers come into the room and uh, also, that is an established thing in the in the comics is that it's borderline impossible for Bruce Banner to die of anything other than old age, because um, the Hulk stops it. He turns too quickly for anything to ever really happen to him. Um, it's why that prison was built for him because even if he turned into the Hulk, it would drop and crush the Hulk, and no one's really sure if it would kill him. Um, anyways, uh, all the Avengers are now together. They're talking about Loki. Rogers being a dickhead for the entirety of this scene for no reason other than he thinks he's better than everybody. He's so annoying. He's yes. so annoying. Oh, I, I, only gets worse. I, I like Captain America as a character, but like in this movie, it's like, what do you Josh, we didn't read what no, do you no, mean no. this movie? He's like this in every movie from here on out. Not really. He is the fucking worst in every movie but from here on out. In this movie, it's like he's such a Boy Scout. Like the writers took it to like an 11 with like how much of a Boy Scout that he is. And like yeah. we'll get into it more because like I can kind of see why in this movie it kind of maybe works. But like I well, don't like it as much in Ultron. Well, yeah. We'll also get a lot into it in um, Winter Soldier and Civil War. That's exactly, yeah, what I was going to mention. They, the, I'm going to say this right off the bat. Um, I do not like the way Captain America is written as a whole in the MCU. I think it is unfair to Chris Evans. I think it's unfair to the character. Um, they can't decide if he's a Boy Scout or what he is. Uh, they spend a ton of time being like, he's this amazing soldier, and then he does all this stuff that an amazing soldier wouldn't be, and then they try to be like, but he doesn't trust the government. But you just said he's an amazing soldier, and those two things tend to go hand in hand, especially when people from the government are saying that he's an amazing soldier. Because what makes the government think you're an amazing soldier is when you follow orders. So, like, that's my big issue with the way Cap is written. They can't decide if he thinks for himself... Or if he trusts the system. I also said this to Jordan that um, my issue with Captain America 
is he thinks the world is a utopia that it never was. And he constantly is talking about getting back to what we used to be, even though what we used to be never existed. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think part of that has to do with him being like, like, like a, a war propaganda kind of. Yeah. It's also like, image. bitch, you can read. I want to get more into it in Winter Soldier just because I feel like I have more to say when it comes to that movie about Cap's characterization, but I don't want to ruin anything, so. I'm dreading the Winter Soldier episode for a multitude of reasons. I'm dreading watching it, so. You're gonna hate it. Jordan loves this movie. I can't stand it. So, like, it's gonna be an interesting episode. Um, You're not gonna not like it because of content. You're not gonna like it because of the sheer amount of action scenes. Um, because yeah. this is also, we, Avengers is the last movie where their editing for action scenes doesn't start to get weird. Um, we go through a weird period in Marvel where the action scenes are very strangely edited over the next couple of movies. Um, Ultron being one wait. of the worst offenders, but that doesn't matter. Um, anyways. Uh, so, they're all arguing, um... Fury talks about what happened in Thor, basically recounting everything that had gone down with Loki in Thor 1, uh, and how that made S.H.I.E.L.D. aware of other races on other worlds, um, which that's the only thing that really gets retconned from this movie, is S.H.I.E.L.D. knew about the Kree and the Skrulls, and had known for years at this point. That's really the only thing that got retconned, um, but... At the end not a major day, plot point. It's not yeah. that big of a deal. Um, and that some of them see Earth as an easy target. We get a very cute scene with Thor asking Coulson what happened to Jane and if Jane's okay. Um, and that she's in the Witness Protection Program and that she is safely in London. Um, so basically they decide to... Um, produce weapons with the Tesseract as a mean of deterrent. Um, this becomes a huge argument within the group on whether or not that's a good idea or not. As the one thing that I will say, I support Steve on, and Steve should, really should have been the authority on that one, seeing as he was the only one who had seen what happens when you make weapons with the Tesseract. And he never brings that point up to like no. support his argument. No, he never goes, guys, if you make a gun with this, it there is a possibility of it sucking you inside and, like, vaporizing you. Like, guys, this is a bad idea. He never said, and I think that's my issue. It's like, he's dumb. Why is he dumb? Because Cap isn't, yeah. Steve Rogers is not a dumb individual, but they make him dumb for some reason. Especially with, like... You know, like every writer with Captain America always likes to make the jokes about like him not understanding something technological because of the you know frozen thing. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's different than dumb. Those are very different. There's things. a difference between unintelligent and unaware of developments that have been made in the past sixty years. Um, yeah. And that's what bothers me about it. So, um, while they're arguing about this, uh, Clint and Loki's other possessed S.H.I.E.L.D. agents attack the helicarrier and damage one of their engines. Stark and Rogers dip out to go restart the damaged engine. Um, Romanoff is trying to stop, Natasha's trying to stop 
Bruce from turning into the Hulk, and I feel like just that should have been a multi-person job there. Yeah. <laughs> Sending a single individual to do that was a bet. This is my issue with Shield as a whole. Send more people. We have a ton of them. Just like May- also maybe send a person that has actual powers. That's not me talking shit about Black Widow, but like you know. Send you have Thor! To- send Thor! Send the guy that knows how to grab people by the neck and fly off. Well, my big thing is send the person who literally can electrocute people. Because do you know what makes people drop? Being electrocuted. You also don't know if that would bring the Hulk out faster. What? We also don't know if that would just bring the Hulk out faster. If you're unconscious, you're not becoming the Hulk. Um, Anyways, um, so she fails to keep him calm. And uh, he chases her through the ship until Thor comes in and drops him. Smacks him in the head and and drops him for a second. Um, uh, Natasha is now fighting Clint. They're going back and forth. She slams his head into a guardrail and that uh, breaks the mind control. Just goes, boosh. Yeah. His fucking head. Um... Bold. Bold choice. But I mean, Jordan, even if you were under mind control, if you were trying to kill me, I'd probably do it. Fair. Honestly, and like, hopefully it works. If it doesn't, um... I'm shooting. Uh, I don't care. Not to kill, but like, just to, to take me out of my misery. Yeah. And no, treat me like old, ye- old yeller. I get it. Just like, you know, make sure you focus no, on no, the no, good No, 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 I'm not gonna hit you in the head, but like, I'm gonna hit you somewhere, like, in the knee. Yeah, I don't need them anyway. Exactly. Like, just to my get you today. off me. Um... And we'll deal with it later in therapy. Uh, the Hulk falls from the ship. Uh, Thor, sweet baby Thor, gets tricked into Loki's prison cell. Um, Loki gets a scepter, releases the cell, which causes Thor to plummet. Um, uh, Coulson steps in and tries to stop Loki from escaping. And uh, because Loki is Loki and can project himself and have multiples of him and all that stuff. Uh, he is stabbed in the back by the real Loki while talking to the uh, astral projection of Loki. Um, Coulson then shoots Loki with some unidentified weapon. Um, Fury comes in. Famous last words. So that's what it does. Yeah. Uh, Fury comes in and tries to save him uh, and can't um, he dies. Thor escapes from his cell at the last moment before it hits the ground. Um, Banner wakes up in an abandoned factory where an old man goes, are you an alien? And he's like, well, no. And he goes, then you have a condition. Well, son, yeah. I got a condition. Thanks, dude. <laughs> like, as if I didn't know. <laughs> uh, trust me, I am aware. Can I have pants? <laughs> Um, are there any just other pants around? When he when he gives them to him, and he's like, he's like, I didn't think you would fit into these until you shrunk down. So you got got itty bitty again. Which also implies that the pants change size. Yeah. Okay. So this is a whole issue with the Hulk. His shirt always tears, but his pants always stay the same size. Like they they always rip up the knee they're always ripped up to the knee and they grow with him but when he shrinks back down the pants don't he's just naked and like 
that's in the comics too that it's basically they can't have the whole dick out all the time because then they have to deal with what that means because it's somebody pointed this out once but they were using the juggernaut as the example but it's the same it's like is it the size of a normal humans which is objectively hilarious when you see how big the hulk is or is it proportionally intact with the hulk which is kind of just hilarious to see a giant dong and Mark Ruffalo implies in later... Bruce Banner implies in later movies that it grows with him. Oh, no. And that's why having sex isn't safe for him, because he turn and he makes a comment about, like... I hate that. Him. I hate that. That's canon. Also, I'm, I feel like... I'm, I'm sad the, for him. I, I get why in the MCU, like, they didn't do this, but, like, in the comics... And I know he's not a good person, but, like, Reed Richards literally made suits that adapt to him, Sue's, and Johnny's powers. Can he mm-hmm. not give Bruce just, like, a plethora of jeans and maybe dress pants? So, if – this is fuzzy because nobody cares, but in the comics, I believe that he can have sex. Oh, yeah, no, in the comics, I'm sure. I just don't like that it's canon in the MCU. Yeah, in the MCU, he can't. Um, because he's a kid in the comics. Yeah, I think I even knew that. Yeah, um, and the Hulk can also have sex and have children because the Hulk has a kid. Hmm? Yeah. With whomst or what? Red She-Hulk on um okay uh, as long as it's another hulk that's yeah that's all I want it's red she hulk on on planet hulk and um red it's when red she hulk is betty ross who's his ex-girlfriend okay that's fine but yeah i believe in the comics that he is able to have sex just as as him yeah because angry is not the same as a heart rate yeah, and in the comics, he turns when he's angry, not when his heart gets above a certain... I feel like piece. we discussed this maybe off the podcast. I don't like how often the MCU makes me deal with the fact that their characters fuck. Um, especially their characters where it could be complicated. They make me deal no. with it a lot, and I don't like it. But I just remember Jordan being like, maybe that's why he's angry all the time. <laughs> I can't have sex, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, so Coulson's death motivates the Avengers to work together. Um, they realize that they have to, like, destroy him, basically. And uh, that he's a full-blown, full full-tilt full diva or something like that is what Tony calls him. And that's why he set up shop on Stark Tower. Um... And uh, using the device built by Dr. Selvig, who is still under my control, he opens the portal to the... Jordan, how do you pronounce this word? I always fuck this up. Chitari. Chitari. Home world over Manhattan, summoning the Chitari invasion. Um, Banner's still missing. Nobody knows where he is yet. (laughs) Can I I ask, like... You can interrupt with a question whenever you want. Are they robotic or whatever? I was... I don't know. I just... 
I had a lot of They're questions. androids, are they not? They, oh. No, I think they're, like, living things, but they're, like, not... They're, they're conscious beings, but they're not the most intelligent beings, so they're kind of just, like, space dogs, they are but, like, humanoid. They are sentient species of cybernetically enhanced beings operating under a hive mind intelligence. So they are beings, but they don't have autonomy. If you control oh. the queen, you control them. Okay. Um, because so they're like artificial intelligence, but not as smart. <laughs> well, they're cyborgs. Kind of, they have some flesh. They're kind of yeah, they're kind of, yeah, they're a mix between AI and uh, alien race. Okay. Um, the big Leviathan. They're, they're reptilian. They're a reptilian warrior race, a hybrid between organic beings and machines. Yeah, because the okay. actual Chitari have, like, like you said, reptilian fleshes, but, like, those big, like, flying snake things, the Leviathans, those are all tech, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, they have a caste-like society, obviously, because they're a hive. Uh, if you control the mothership, um, you control all of them. Um, they have energy-based rifles, flying vehicles. Their main strength is their great numbers. Um, they have no sense of self-preservation. They're basically naked mole rats. Okay. Like, the same way that naked mole rats, like, interact and bees interact, that's what they are. Like, the f defender bees, like, they don't have any self-preservation. They'll do anything to protect the queen. Like, that's the point. Um, yeah, they, they didn't seem like they cared about themselves, which is why I didn't don't. think they were human. No. We um, also learn later that they're apparently, like, the shittiest army in the galaxy. Well, yeah, but... they're, they're a hive mentality. They're only as good as what their queen is, or whoever's controlling oh. their queen is. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 don't have any real skill on their own. They're just um good pawns basically. Because a technologically advanced race against the human race is still going to wreck our shit, you know. Yeah. Um anywho, uh so basically um they all go to New York to Stark Tower. Natasha doesn't get up there fast enough and Selvig opens the portal and the army breaks out and it's now, you know, we just gotta stop this uh, as they enter the atmosphere. Tony shows up, Bruce shows up, they begin fighting. Rogers goes to the police and basically is like, you need to bring everybody down into the sewers and into the subway tunnels and all the old tunnels that run under New York. I love that part because yeah. the police are like, why should we listen to you? And then he beats up, like, six of them in a row. And then they're like, okay, everybody get in the subway now! <laughs> so, um, that is also, like, do they not recognize that that's Cap? No. They have no idea who he is. This is, is the first reveal of Cap that Cap's still alive. Oh, they didn't tell the world? No. Okay. They kept a secret. Yeah, because, like, at the end, too, then it, it seems like, other than Tony Stark, they don't really know any of them they only find out about, they find out about Ka that cap is still alive in this movie and the rest of them they don't know who the fuck they are oh no i knew they don't know who the rest are i just kind of figured that like cap was in the history books he is they don't know he's still alive yeah to general human knowledge he went down in that plane in 1945 and he was never found they haven't known since yeah or they found fair. the plane but he's dead you know 
and to be fair, it could just be some random man in an, an in American costume. Yeah. Like, yeah. it could be a random dude who made this armor and is insane. Yeah. Because um, it's New York. His name is Tony Stark. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, then we we get the weirdest line delivery in this movie where Cap goes, you know, you might want to get angry or something. And Bruce turns to him and goes, that's my secret, Cap. I'm always angry. Turns around and turns into the Hulk. It's the weirdest <laughs> line delivery I've ever seen. There's yeah. no good way to say that line. So you just get it out and hope <laughs> for the best. And, like, The scene I is love- so... Hound Victoria. Like, I- yeah, go ahead, Victoria. It's more about oh, you. I just, like, I loved everything else that, like, Bruce Banner had said up until that moment. And then I was like, that, okay, okay, I just accept that as is, I guess. Yeah. I also, I also like the animation of him turning as he begins to punch. But it's like, the line is kind of cringy. It's and so it only weird. Be- it's it so would, weird. It only becomes cool if they, the later flesh out what he means by that but they never do or if he just says it sarcastically or like as a joke not this weird sad puppy dog thing that comes out that's the thing that he doesn't even say it i feel like i would buy if he said it sadly he says it so much more smug it's very weird like it's just a bad line delivery but like i don't know what would have been better honestly like it's just it's a bad line um Anyway, so he goes off and just starts ripping his shit to shreds and climbing towers and all that kind of crap. Um, Tony goes to Stark Towers, confronts Loki. They start drinking. I have an army. We have a Hulk. We have a Hulk. Um, so uh, they prepare, Tony has Jarvis prepare the developmental version of the Iron Man suit called the MK-18, which is um, coded specifically for Tony and has all these advanced weapons capabilities. Um Loki refuses to cooperate, saying the destruction will continue as long as the citizens of Earth don't get uh, that they need to be ruled by him. This is another big issue with this movie. Whoa, that's fucked up. That is so fucked up to have that be a line. Um, Have the humans don't realize that they are meant to be controlled, that they only thrive when somebody strong is leading them is a super fucked up line. Um, yeah. It is very reminiscent of some really bad arguments on why uh, women and people of color shouldn't be given rights. Um, the whole thing historically on why um, men didn't want to give women rights or didn't want to give people of color rights. To this day is the argument from England on why Scotland shouldn't be able to rule themselves is that they don't know how and they won't be happy if they're not being ruled it's just not a good line. You could have picked anything else. You could have had him just talk about how he'll never get to be king on Asgard. That's the thing is like be in control of something, and so he told oh, is taking over Earth. Like, it, it, like Loki's actions are not out of character. We know he wants to be a ruler of something because in Thor one and like th- he keeps trying to take over Asgard. It's just. The logic behind it now is just taken to another level. The way his yeah. character is developed, and I will say this because I don't think it spoils anything. Um, if 
Thor The Dark World and Thor Ragnarok never happened with Kenneth Brong and Takio Watiti, I don't think we'd be getting a Loki series right now. I don't think anyone would want it. Because he'd be too bad of a person. Because he'd still just be Hitler. (laughs) He's still literally Hitler. (laughs) Um, You know, so that's just where it's like gross. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This was once again where like I got confused where I was like, there doesn't seem to be a motive other than that he's just power hungry. Yeah. And that's what it is. And it, But and it's not developed well. There are ways no. to develop yeah. it better. Like, it, Yeah, it irritates me. Because like, this is now, like I think, like the fourth movie that we've watched out of all of these where I felt like there wasn't like a motive behind the villain. Yeah. Like, is it in this movie or the Dark World where Odin yells at him about how he treats the people of Earth? And it's like, you're not actually immortal. And then Loki's like, I can live for 5,000 years. Though. Was that the first one or Dark World? Or the Dark World. Yeah. That set of lines, I think, puts some of his, not kind of like what goes on in his head into context. But again, just the way he explains it in this movie is taken to like weird levels he goes through a lot of growth that i in thor the dark world that i don't think would have been necessary if avengers hadn't been written the way it was yeah i could see that um he gets his shit wrecked by the hulk Um, deservedly so deservedly so gets his shit wrecked by the hulk literally yeah he just like picks him up and he's like whoop 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 Whipping him around by, like, the ankle. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, he attempts to take control of Tony, but can't because Tony's got the arc reactor. I love how he never tries to just, like, move it to the left. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know. Whatever. Um, they all rally in New York and basically are aware that, um, they can't, save new york until they close the portal because basically as they're killing more popping in that they they just can't keep up um so uh they send barton hawkeye steve and thor take over evacuating citizens um while hulk goes after loki tony goes after loki and Nat is just trying to get to the rendezvous point as best she can because people forget Nat cannot fly. Like, at all. No. Nat cannot fly. Nat can't run fast. Nat doesn't have superhuman stamina. Like, Nat is just human. Somebody help her out, maybe. Yeah. Anyone. Um, Like, give her a ladder, even. Just (laughs) anything. Um, How would she... What would she do with the last? That's why she can't fly. Because, like, if she needs to get up on a building, just I'm not saying getting up on the building. I'm saying getting from point A to point B because they all just kind of leave her in the dust. Thor at least drops Barton, uh, or Tony drops Barton on the roof for him. Like, you know. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so the Hulk goes and confronts Loki. Um, Rex is shit. Um. They, uh, Nat finally gets to the top of the building, hits Dr. Selvig in the head, freeing him from Loki's control. Um, he reveals that only Loki's scepter can close the portal. Um, 
Romanoff grabs the scepter and goes to the roof to try and shut down the portal. Um, Stark starts securing a perimeter. They basically get everybody out of this um, main area of Manhattan. Um, and uh, Nick Fury is <laughs> on a conference call with the uh, World Security Council uh, who want to launch a um, nuclear missile at Manhattan. Um, ma'am? Wants to launch a nuclear missile at Manhattan. We get the best line from Nick Fury in every MCU movie, which is Jordan. Do you want to? Do you want to take it? I'll let you have it. I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid ass decision, I've decided to ignore it. Which is just a mood. Yeah, like I love it so much. Um, I love Fury. Yeah. Um. He takes down his own shield jets to stop the nukes from being deployed. Um, Tony intercepts the missile, knows that he can take it through the portal. Um, while in the portal, he tries to call Pepper, and I hate it when they do this. It's so mean and so unfair to me as a human. It's so unfair to me as a human every time he tries to call Pepper to say sad. goodbye. And it doesn't go it's through. So, yeah, It's so sad. I'm like, why? Just, just, nope, we're just gonna let it end. <laughs> and then it cuts to Pepper, who's on this plane, and just, like, watching what's happening in New York happen, and doesn't know where Tony is. Which makes it even worse. Yeah. Um, so Tony launches the nuke at the Chitari mothership, destroying the invasion. Um, he starts to drop as he starts to run out of oxygen. He's able to fall through the portal right before Romanov has to close it. Um, and basically the entire team's like, he's going to die if one of us doesn't go catch him. And so the Hulk catches him and lays him down. Um, they open his little mask thing. Uh, the Hulk roars and that wakes up, wakes up Tony. Um, and offers to take out take everybody out for shawarma once they apprehend Loki. He also, also wants to clarify that no one kissed him. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's so... I was thinking that too. I was like, is this like Sleeping Beauty? Or yes. Something? <laughs> True Love's Kiss from Steve Rogers is the only thing that will awaken him. Oh, I'm sure there's a fan fiction out there. There are so many fan fictions about Steve No, Rogers I just mean about that, about that specific oh, sure. moment being the... That's an entire thing because I'm, I'm going to say it now because it's a discussion that's going to come up and there's not really a better time to do it. We get the scene in this movie of Tony and Steve working together to fix the engines and that like camaraderie moment. In the comics before Civil War and in all the animated stuff, they're best friends. Like they love each other. Like Cap, his voice is like coded into Jarvis so that he can open the mask because Tony will fall asleep in meetings, um, and he's afraid that Tony has died, um, and like all this, oh, like they're best friends in um, and that's my big issue with this mo movie is this is the beginning of them not setting up relationships and then asking us to assume they exist. And yeah. um, that's a big issue I have with screenwriting as a whole. You can't ask your audience to assume or know things from a comic, a book, whatever, um, and not make it clear because that's kind of gatekeepy. It's basically being like, you must do this um, reading before seeing the film so that you can, um, it just bothers me. 
and and that is how we made this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Because they make these Marvel movies too confusing. They assume and I would not Yeah, I wouldn't be able to watch these without some sort of help. Yeah. And it seems like you had advised me that I needed to watch all of these if I wanted to have any sort of understanding of the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And I wish they wouldn't do that, but here we are. Yeah. It gets to that place with every hero where it's like, okay, they have their first movie, most likely going to be solo. But it's because of how interconnected they've made this world that at any point in any of like once it reaches like the second or third movie, someone else can jump in or be there for the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. And like the problem is, is that especially now going forward, it's not, oh, you can go see their group movies and not need to see anything or go see their solo movies and not need to see anything else. If you don't care, you just like that one character. You can't do that anymore. They're so interconnected. Um. Which was also the birth of this podcast was I straight up said to Victoria, I was like, hey, you either got to watch the MCU or you're probably not going to be able to watch Spider-Man 3. Um, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. It's just a decision you have to be aware of. Um, yeah. And you have to be aware that not everybody watching these movies is comic fans. And and yeah. we can talk about this more when we're done with everything's out. But that is my main concern for Phase 4 is they're about to introduce a lot of characters that people don't know a lot about. Yeah. I hope that once we start getting to the more um, niche characters, they just give us a better explanation as to who they are or just kind of like maybe don't focus on it that much. Like you just have to understand, like I guess the closest example I could give would be like the Netflix shows were characters that were like known to comic fans, but not as well known to the mainstream audience. And so they did a good job with the main characters, you know, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. But when it came to the villains, you just kind of had to accept the context of what they were giving you. Yeah. And but now it's going to end up like that in the movies. Yeah. And, and the thing with like, this is going forward is I think the first time that I won't speak for Jordan, but I'm going into Shang-Chi completely blind and going into Eternals relatively blind. Shang-Chi is a character that I didn't even know existed until the movie was announced. And I know some, like, weird random Marvel characters. I'm not trying to say, like, I know the most, but it's like, I just have, like, this weird connection with a lot of non-mainstream things just because I've seen them pop up. So I'll have, like, a passing understanding. Never even heard of Shang-Chi. I'm going in completely blind to Shang-Chi and mostly blind into the Eternals. I only know how the the Eternals interact with Captain Marvel because I read the Captain Marvel comics. But beyond that, I don't know much about them. And like, that's where I'm interested to see. Yeah. But like, I actually think that like, I'm, part of me is excited for going into these movies that I know nothing about. Mm -hmm. Um, Like one, I have no expectations, but two, it's just like, I do get to learn more about like this universe and these characters that I enjoy and I like, and I know the 10 rings are important. So like, that's, what's going to keep me in. Yeah. Yeah. There is some um, level of excitement with it, but we are getting into, like, ooh, they're reaching for the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah. To be fair, Guardians was... Nobody knew who the fuck the Guardians of the Galaxies were before these movies. And, like, those managed to turn out well. And you can explain them. People yeah. understood them. Yeah. 
I also I also think a lot of it is them trying to diversify the yeah. the MCU because that the one that you were just talking about Shang-Chi. is is Asian, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. And Eternals has a relatively diverse cast. Yeah, cuz uh Kumail Nanjiani's in that, isn't he? Mm-hmm. It's him and a bunch of other people, but it's a relatively diverse cast and there are a bunch of projects with like really diverse characters coming up. So I think a lot of the choices that were made were made partly because they wanted to diversify. And yeah. There's quite a few women in the next phase. It there? also it mean it does also reflect like the way comics went. The past few years in comics there has been, you know, we've gotten Kamala Khan, we've got it Lady Thor and you know, we've had a lot Jordan, when do you think Lady Thor premiered? <laughs> Wasn't that like 2014? Love and Thunder, I think, came out in 2013. But Lady Thor first appeared in... uh, Where is it? I don't want just Jane Foster. There have been Lady Thors before this. Give it to me. Where is it? Because she became Thor in the original Sin storyline in 2014, but I think there was another... There's someone called Thor Girl who came out in 2000. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. Oh, do we not? (laughs) Thor Girl's a weird comic, if I'm remembering the right one. Um... Yeah, there's also Barbara Norris, who's Valkyrie in the comic. She's been around. This is what I'm getting confused is the Valkyrie characters. Never mind. Ignore me. Valkyrie was around before Lady Thor. I'm getting confused. No, it's fine. But like, you know, there has been a push in recent years and it's like, okay, so like the movies are kind of following that trend. I'm yeah, what I'm confusing is Valkyrie came out in her first appearance was in the 1970s and I confuse her and Lady Thor because Valkyrie was originally a blonde-haired blue-eyed woman which Shane Foster also in the comics is a blonde-haired blue-eyed woman. They usually are. Yeah. I forgot. Cuz that was the whole thing is that they made her a person of color in the MCU by having her be cast by um Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson. Anyways, Back to Avengers. Um, so uh, Tony wakes up. They go and kidnap. What's his nuts? Loki. Um, Romanoff, Rogers, and Hawkeye are going to work for. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Romanoff, Loki, and Hawkeye are going to go back to working for Shield. Tony and Pepper start rebuilding Stark Tower. Um, and are getting ready for the next phase of that project. Thor escorts Loki and the Tesseract back to Asgard, where um, Loki will stand trial for multiple war crimes. Um, Great. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, we see a lot of news sources recapping the events, um, celebrating the Avengers, uh, their worldwide heroes. Um on another video conference call with the World Council, Fury is congratulated, but they are, um, he's now in a little bit of trouble because the Avengers are in a secret. Um, 
And Fury talks about how uh, what happened in New York is a warning to all the galaxies who want to try and attack Earth, that S.H.I.E.L.D. is there to defend it. And they have the team. Um, he tells S.H.I.E.L.D. that the the S.H.I.E.L.D. board and the World Security Council, that the Avengers' whereabouts are no longer being um, tracked, that they've earned a leave of essence. Um, earned a, a leave of essence. A leave of absence. Sorry. Um, he called back when they're needed. He also tells the council that the Tesseract is where no one on Earth will be able to find it. Uh, we get a mid credit. I thought Thor took the Tesseract with him. He did, but Fury tells the World Security Council that uh, somewhere that no one on Earth will be able to find it, which is true. Which, yeah, because it's not on Earth. <laughs> on Earth, yeah. It's a trick just, question. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of it's like Fury being Fury. Yeah. Um. And uh, we get our mid credit scene with the Chaturi leader talking to the other, um, or the Chaturi leader, the other, telling his master that it's uh, pointless to attack Earth because the Avengers um, will just kill you. His master turns and it's revealed to be Thanos, a worshiper of the personification of death, smiling at the chance to take more life. And then that just became not the thing anymore and no longer was the motivation. <laughs> Yeah, um, we could talk about that when we get to it, but, like, I remember... That storyline, they got so close. So close. Yeah, because they make that joke to to fight them would be to court death. Mm -hmm. But, like, like, shit, like, I remember watching that post-credits scene, and, like, I wasn't as into Marvel. Like, I enjoyed Marvel, but I didn't know deep lore like that. So I I just remember looking it up and, like, learning who Thanos was and what his storyline was and, like, how powerful he was. And I was like whoa, like, they want to do this? And, like, then as I started wa- watching more of the MCU, and I was like, it hasn't happened yet. It's a slow tease. And that's when I got real into it, when I was like, they're doing this thing that's going to arch over so many movies and years. And then we get the really cute post credit scene where the Avengers are shown eating at the shawarma joint. Everybody's tired. Yeah. No oh, my God, tired. I didn't watch that. Yeah, it's Bro, at the very end. Nothing happens. I have to go no watch it. <laughs> it's cute. It's literally I just have to go back. sitting in a circle at this table in a restaurant that's been destroyed, and they're all eating except for Steve, who's like just covering his mouth because um, Chris Evans was filming a movie where he had to grow out a beard, and he couldn't shave it just for this one scene that they filmed later. So they gave him prosthetics, which looked horrible, but it looked like he had no beard, and they just kind of had him sit like this. Um, no, I didn't watch it because okay, so Disney Plus. It'll keep playing, right? And so then I assume there's a credit, like a credit scene. So I keep watching, right? Mm-hmm. A credit scene happens, and then the la- when I had watched um, Captain Marvel, I think there's one all the way at the end of that one, mm-hmm. and the credits kept playing. Like it didn't go like, oh, like watch this movie next. Yeah. Um, but this time it did that, so I didn't think there was any more. I have to go look at it now. Yeah, you think that Disney Plus would have taken, making sure that that doesn't happen with they're, the Marvel movies? They're good. That's why I was confused it's when the you said that there was another one. It's the early movies that it's a little fuzzy on. The later movies, it's a lot better. Uh, I think um, also with the fact that there's when there's multiple, I think sometimes it... It messes it up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's cute. It's a cute time. It's a cute movie. It's got its issues. Um, 
Yeah, um, I really liked it. Um, I didn't feel like, like now that like, like all of these characters have been like semi-established for me, I wasn't as like completely lost as I have been with the solo ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have any questions? No, we got like I didn't have as many questions as I thought I was gonna have. Yeah, I was like watching this. I was like kind of scared. I was like, oh no, like I feel like this is where things are gonna get real confusing. But it, it's a lot easier now that I've seen all the, the ones leading up to here. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. What were you gonna say? So some fun facts about the film. Um, we already talked about Robert Downey Jr. keeping food hidden all over the lab because male actors do this all fucking time for some um, reason. Also, also me, when I used to work in an office still yeah. and used to go to the office, I just had food in every drawer ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a snack drawer. Yes, Second one on my nightstand. Um, but yeah, so that's fun. Um, so, uh, a fun fact I enjoy is that, um, this was the first time that a actual human being was playing the Hulk. Um, before that it had all been CGI. It hadn't used any mocap. Um, but this movie was made after Avatar and Avatar had really established some great tech for, um, stop action motion capture. That movie's terrible, and James Cameron is a garbage human being who doesn't does not deserve the platform he has. But the tech that came out of it was dope. Um, so Ruffalo is actually doing all the mocap. And I thought at this point it was still Ferrigno, or was that just for the noises? That was just for the noises. Got it. But it's his body. He's the one running. Wait. Yeah. I watch I watch uh, these movies with uh, captions on because sometimes they're a little hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And this one was very interesting to watch because it'll just have grunts, groans in pain, groans. Yeah. Um, That's, like, good. The 3D model used to create the Hulk's body was uh, based off the Long Island bodybuilder and male stripper Steve Rom with Mark Ruffalo's face forming the the face for the Hulk. Is this two um, M's or one? Two M's. And uh, Mark Ruffalo's voice was, yes, uh, blended with Lou Ferrigno to make all the growls and everything. Um, His only speaking line, puny God, is just Mark Ruffalo, though, Um, with some some heavy editing. No, he can just do that. Yeah. Um, This isn't a movie fun fact. It's just a cute thing about how Chris Evans is a dork. Um, They were all in town to film. And they all had each other's numbers because you get contact lists. So he texted everybody a text message saying assemble. And that was the sign for let's go to the hotel bar. <laughs> and that was That's the thing. Cute. Of like, let's go get, let's go drink. Um, Me. Clark Gregg, me. who plays Colson, says it's his favorite text message that he's ever gotten. Honestly, me texting you guys when we used to go out. <laughs> assemble. Remember, remember going out? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier. I don't remember why, but... Um, for what Jordan was talking about, um, he was filming Snowpiercer. And in Snowpiercer, he has a buzz cut and a beard. 
So the in the second post-credit scene in the shawarma restaurant, he's wearing a wig and prosthetics, but the way the prosthetics settled over the hair, it looked like he had an allergic reaction to like a bee sting. So they were like, just cover it, like just put your hand there and, and cover it. And that's why he doesn't talk or um chew. Chew or move his hand. <laughs> um he also, with the prosthetic, couldn't. He was physically unable to move his jaw in a way where he could eat and or speak. Um, so, um, there was a very stupid scene that was filmed but cut where Captain America goes over to an old man to help him get his grandchildren to safety. And he turns to the old man and goes, get them to cover. And the old man goes, Cap, is that you? And you see that he has a World War II pin. And that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> there was also this entire subplot that got cut where Cap was going to go to get lunch. And there was like going to be like this tension or chemistry between him and this waitress. But he doesn't know to give her his phone number because he doesn't own a phone. Um, and they, they make some line about how he's like still amazed by radio, like how radio works nowadays. Versus, I, I've seen all these. These were all filmed and cut. Um, the waitress is played by Shannon Woodward, who is Ellie in The Last of Us. Yeah. And then, like, we see her multiple times again throughout the fight scene where, like, she is also going into the sewers and the tunnels with the cops that are evacuating the city. And it's like, once she sees the fight, she realizes that that customer she had was Captain America. Joss Whedon is such a weird writer. Yeah. Then there was also the weird original premise of, like, it was going to start at, a at like, a hearing. And, like, it was going to all be a flashback. And, like, that would have gave the movie such a more dark tone. So I'm yeah. happy that they changed that. Um, uh, where's the other fun ones? Oh, Robert Downey Jr. tried to steal the A from the Stark Tower sign. He asked, Honestly, me. he asked for it. They wouldn't give it to him. And then his next birthday, all the prop people felt bad and gave it to him. Oh. Um, I'm sorry. I said Shannon Woodward. I meant Ashley Johnson. Yeah. Oh. I didn't want to correct you because I was afraid I was wrong and that Ashley Johnson played Abby. But No, Laura Bailey's Abby. Alex. Sh- Shannon yeah, Laura Woodward Bailey. is... Shannon Woodward was Dina. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought it wasn't that that wasn't Ellie. So, no, so what fucked me? What fucks me up sometimes with Shannon Woodward is she looks more like if you had to say she looks a little bit more like Ellie because they chose a different face model for Dina than her voice. Yeah, and um, that's what. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, Joss Whedon is the one who um, suggested Thanos. The rest of the MCU exists because of him. Um, Avengers originally was just going to be a movie with Loki conquering Earth. Wait, really? Like, they hadn't decided they wanted to do the Infinity Saga till this? They were trying to come up with the big villain that would be plotting behind the scenes, and Joss Whedon is the one who suggested Thanos. Ah. Yeah. Um, so for that we thank him but we hate his guts for everything else yeah <laughs> you know and like I said in the beginning if we give him props for anything it's not we're giving him as a person praise also really quick fun fact 
to get that shocked expression on Loki's face after he's been slammed into the ground by the Hulk. Um, the animation director, Mark Chu, came over, grabbed Tom Hiddleston's lapels, and shook him really violently for like 20 seconds. And then dropped him and walked away, and they started rolling. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> Speaking of, of um, uh, what's his name, who plays Loki? Tom Hiddleston. Uh, yeah, he makes a face earlier in the movie um, when, I think, I think it's when all the like when Hulk starts like becoming the Hulk and he realizes like, Oh, like everyone's mad at each other. Like he wants. And he like makes this smirk that he's just like, I started chaos and I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, I relate to this. I feel this. I love, I love, every- Luke. I love us three just like- leaving our hometown bar in an Uber without a care in the world. Yeah. Um, well, they, honestly, me watching you guys at the... That's why I was thinking the bar. I was like, oh, me watching the chaos of you guys at the bar. <laughs> and just being like, yep. <laughs> um, so uh, they do... Well, they kind of are terrible about Clinton Bar- Barton. Um, they do include that he is ambidextrous. He is a sharpshooter with like a 0% fail rate on both sides, which is like unheard of. And you see in Thor, he only shoots with his right hand, but in Avengers, he goes back and forth. I didn't even realize that. That's why he has guards on both arms, is because uh, he's ambidextrous. He also tries to shoot with his feet, but I don't think he ever figures out how to do that. He tries to do a handstand and, like, have his legs flipped over and reuse it, and it, like... I want that to be the opening scene of the Hawkeye show. It's just, like, him in, like, a little archery training thing and then just doing a handstand. Yeah. Um, I forgot they were With a lot of band-aids yeah. on different parts of his body, implying Victoria. that he's been bad at it so far. Victoria, I don't want to talk about it. I am so... If she is not perfect, I will riot. Kate Bishop, I'm saying this right now so that everybody knows her. Kate Bishop is my favorite marvel superhero i am fucking obsessed with her i as a rule don't like Haley seinfeld as an actress uh edge of 17 is terrible um dickinson is fine she's good in dickinson but just like i don't know i don't know if i would have been any this is the same thing with the batgirl movie is i don't know if i would have been happy with any casting for kate just i love her so much why don't they just catch we'll you see. I look like her. I'd cut bangs. I don't give a fuck. I say I look like her like she looks like something special and not just a white girl with dark black hair. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, oh, I love her. Anyways. Um, Chris Evans has a whole issue because he, he it doesn't like all the Cap not understanding references because he thinks it makes the it makes his character seem unintelligent, and was thrilled at the premiere when people laughed at it rather than think he was dumb. Um, I like the I understood that one when he says flying monkeys. Yeah, I understood that. I got it. Wait, that, I got that, it. Um, I know that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was uh, the original movie was over three hours long because they had this stupid B plot of Captain of Steve trying to adjust to the modern world. 
Well, I'm glad they cut it down because even two and a half was too long to me. But oh, there are entire not in this movie, but movies going forward. I think you're gonna have the same opinion as me, where there are entire scenes that didn't need to be there and just are. I feel this way about a lot of movies that are over two hours. I sit and I watch them and I find ways that I could have cut that movie down to like an hour 45. Jordan, do I not do this with every movie we've ever seen? (laughs) Yeah, you do. And it's not just like a, oh, I think that movie is bad because it was bloated. It's just like you just want movies to go back to being like an hour and a half to two hours, regardless of the I, I truly think that movies can be concise within reason there are others that i will say need to be the length that they are titanic can't be shorter than it is that movie moves right along it's long as fuck gone with the wind it's fine that that movie is twenty thousand fucking years long avengers endgame needed to be long because there was so much that needed to be wrapped up and handled it also flew by the first time you're watching it (laughs) the first time you watch it it flies the second time doesn't fly so so quickly um Movies in DC. There are movies in, I think the Nolan Batman movies are some of the best superhero movies ever made. And there are scenes in it that I'm like, this doesn't need to be here. Um, That's just my personal opinion on screenwriting is I feel like things should be quick and concise. Um, You know, it it is what it is. I don't think it makes it a bad movie. I just think it can make things feel bloated. Um, It was the first film to earn $1 billion. Um, where is it? In the MCU or like ever? In the MCU. Okay. Um, the code name for the film. So if you don't know this, uh, films, when they start applying for the grants that they need to actually film, never actually use the real film name because it is um, the, those, th- those, uh, that paperwork is is public record. So like anybody could look it up and find out all sorts of crazy shit about the film before it's released. So then how um, do the grant, this is a dumb question, do the grants know what the real movie is? Sometimes, not always. And it's not grants, it's like permits. I'm sorry. Does. Okay, permits, it's fine. Yeah, because the grants are like, well, how are they going to put money at something if they don't actually know what it no, is? No, it's permits. It's like the permits to film and all that kind of crap and to build the sets and all that sort of shit. You need permits and you have to apply for copyrights for things. Um, and they all have code names. Um, this movie was codenamed Group Group Hug. That was what they they called that they were making a movie called Group. Hug. Disney was making an action movie called Group Hug, um, which is so funny. Um, Hawkeye is brainwashed in this movie as a nod to the fact that Hawkeye was originally a villain in the comics. Um. Um. There had originally been a detailed backstory for Hawkeye that got cut for time and it was supposed to follow the storyline in the comics where he used to be a circus performer and was trained by supervillains, which is basically his origin story from the 616 universe. Um, And that was when he was supposed to debut in Iron Man 2, but that basically all got cut uh, for time. Um, If... If anyone cares, um, I'm looking at highest grossing films of all time now. Mm. And the this movie, The Avengers, is still number eight. Well, that's the whole the thing list. with the, the highest grossing and with money. The whole argument is that it doesn't matter unless you take out franchises. Because the highest grossing um, top ten highest grossing films are all from franchises. Fast and the Furious, Harry Potter, Marvel, and DC. Yep. And um, Avatar. Harry, Harry Potter isn't even in the top 10 anymore oh okay well 
Harry Potter, the Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part Two is number thirteen. Okay. But yeah, so um, that's fun. But um, Mark Ruffalo is friends with Ed Norton, which is so funny to me. And uh, in a interview, Mark Ruffalo said, "Ed has bequeathed this part to me. Bruce Banner is my generation's Hamlet." Yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> especially, especially after we had all of our discussions about how Thor like was like Shakespearean, that makes it even yeah. funnier. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think those are all the little fun facts for this. I have to go watch that end credit scene though. It's yeah, it's very cute. Um, it's cute. And I will now watch all of the credits, even if Disney tells me not to. Yeah. Um. Oh, also in England, it is not called Marvel: The Avengers. It's called Marvel: Avengers Assemble because of the. Uh, very, very famous British espionage franchise called The Avengers um, that came out. One movie came out in 1961 and one came out in the 80s. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. It's all it's all fun stuff. Um, I don't even know what I have after this movie was. Um, the next movie is... Oh. Iron Man 3. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm very excited to talk about because I also love that movie even though it gives me copious amounts of stress. I like that movie a lot. Oh, great. I have a personal reason that it stresses me out. I don't handle certain things in films very well and this has has one of the one of the things I don't um, No, and you're and you're very you're very very valid for that, especially in Iron Man 3 without getting into spoilers for Victoria. Like I get that. Yeah, we'll talk about it more when it gets into it because it, it does affect my opinion on the movie. And I'll probably let Jordan take more of the lead on that one just because um, I've only gotten all the way through this movie twice. Um, a lot of the time when I sit down and go, oh, I want to watch this, I uh, I actually end up not being able to get through the scenes. Um, it's a personal thing. It has nothing to do with the validity of the movie or how good or bad it is. It's just very much a personal thing that upsets me. Um. But yeah, so it's super fun. And yeah. Do we have any other questions? Any other comments? This was a fun time. I liked this one a lot. Yeah, it's a good movie. And it made it made me really excited for oh, the rest of these. Shit. Leanne, yeah. we said we we said we were gonna quiz Victoria after each phase, and this is the end of phase one. We'll do that at the beginning of next week because that's not something I can do off the top of my head. No, neither can I. Uh, we, we, let's, we can make it like its own mini segment, like yeah. mini episode, like just cut it and make it its own episode. I'm going to come up with like some niche questions jokingly. Like I'll give oh, you a real no. ones. Yeah. I am like, okay, the way my memory works, I might be terrible at this. That doesn't mean I enjoy, didn't enjoy these movies. It just means my memory's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll 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 talk about that in the next. We'll do it in the next episode. Um, 
Oh, last thing that I think is fun, just because I like Norse mythology. In Norse mythology, Odin has two ravens that can see for him. And when Loki and Thor are talking in the woods when they first are speaking and, and yelling at each other, two ravens land on the tree behind Thor and like watch them, yeah. which is super cool. Um, That's a cute little nod. I didn't even know that. I... I spotted the raven. Yeah. But I, I didn't know there was any symbolism. Am the worst in that rewatching all the movies a couple of weeks ago, I realized I really like Thor. Which I did not know before this. <laughs> I just really like I mean, him and the movies. Like I, I feel like though too sometimes like you like you watch again and like you know, you realize you're like, oh, maybe I like that character more than I yeah. thought I did. I was like, I guess I, yeah. I guess I'm into Thor as a character and like the movies a lot. I enjoy his storylines for the most part. Oh, um, I just, I was gonna pull something out that I was gonna read to you after we signed off, and I found another fun fact about the shawarma scene. They filmed it the day of the premiere because it was the next time they were able to get everyone together. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Um, all right well that has been marvel school for dummies the avengers we will be back next week with the first movie in phase two which is iron man three yes victoria we always forget the plugs yes so um <laughs> i you can find me on twitter at lear and jazz um spelling will be in the description and you can find jordan and i on twitch at uh twitch.tv slash orphan gamers you can also find us on twitter at orphan gamers um i am about to start streaming uh the wolf among us in addition to um the sims hunter baby challenge uh jordan what would you like to plug you can find me on twitter at jordan underscore deeb like it Lear and said you can find us on twitch at twitch.tv slash orphan gamers and you can find another podcast that i do on youtube at wait um, at Waypoint Podcast. We're also on Twitter as Waypoint Podcast, and you could get our link tree and find all our other socials and places to find our podcasts there. And um, I'm on Instagram, Victoria Lyman. Um, I don't really use Twitter. No, so. Victoria hates Twitter. <laughs> I hate Twitter now. I used to really love Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our sixth episode. We will talk to you guys later. Have a good night. <laughs>